Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. It is Saturday, April 22nd, 2023, and it's raining outside and it's cold. But luckily, yesterday morning, I was able to go out and get a number of incredible videos of the bees working, and a lot of them will show up on Instagram over the next week and also at our site, wildflowerbeefarm.com. So today's topic is the Darwinian black bee box technique, an update on how we're doing on the farm, and then also I'll, I'll go through a few of the hive situations and talk about those. So... In theory, now if you if you want to look this up, it's 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 helpful. The Darwinian black box, sorry, black bee box, beekeeping technique. And when we started the farm here uh, four years ago, five years ago now, converting it back over to nature, I had no idea the strategy, and I was sort of bumbling and stumbling along, and sort of learned a little bit about it um, a couple of years ago, and then we had that devastating winter. And remember, I I, I said you know it was my fault. I brought in only one type of genetics and sure enough the Darwinian black and bee box technique requires you to bring in different strains and then the the strategy is whatever bees basically as I can describe it whatever bees survive to the next spring you split them and you do this for four or five years until finally you have an adapted group of we'll just call them mutts of, of bees that have learned to adapt to the local situation and that includes the ability to you know resist or somewhat uh, refrain from uh, being inundated with um, varroa mites and other diseases so as i've talked about in previous podcasts we have uh, uh, brought in different strains so after the catastrophe we're lucky that uh, blb honey and dresden i had ordered some hives anyway just to provide some workers but turns out we needed them we brought in 10 hives and then I also ordered uh, genetics queens from different strains. Now, the BLB honey um, hives were buckfest with some carny. But you have to remember that with, um, with honeybees, it's not like cattle or chickens where they're in a pen and, or restrained and you know sort of the genetics. Once the honeybees are allowed to go, uh, are opened up for the spring, you know, the queens will mate with different drones, 14 to 15 different genetic uh, multiply that by the other opportunities and so you really very quickly lose track of what genetics you're dealing with um, so we brought in um, carnies or carnioleans we brought in saskatras which are supposedly have been reared to be especially good for uh, resistance to mites and others and I also went to a place near Guelph where Dr. Um, Zabo and, and the family there had their own bees that they created over time that they continue to treat, but they also say they are resistant to some of the diseases. Then, of course, we had the Buckfest um, Carney combo from BLB Honey. So after our first winter, and, and we lost some queens uh, during the summer, we had four out of the ten original hives from BLB Honey Survive. And uh, interestingly enough, the hives that did not survive were those that we had treated in August. 
um, the majority of which, which we found to be rather interesting, all the other hives were not treated. Now, treatment was anything from a single wafer stick of thymol on a too deep top, which we would consider not to be really heavy treatment, to one or one of those on a single. But we only treated a small number. The remainder we did not treat. So it looks like coming out of this winter, we have, I'm thinking, 23 to 24 hives out of 29 that went into the winter. So the other day, and you'll notice in the videos if you go look, I was out taking videos trying to understand, you know, what's really in these boxes that survived? And the answer is I have no clue. So even hives where we would have put a pure Saskatraz queen or any one of the strains I've discussed, that hive would likely have, um, even though we had split the hives and put those uh, queens in, um, they would have swarmed, which would have meant virgin queens would have gone out and mated with local drones or drones that were there from other um, strains. And that resulted in what we have now, which are 23 hives that survived the winter. So my point was, I was trying to figure out, okay, do I, do I like really go crazy on certain hives to split? Or how do I know? Because they, the basis in black bee box technique is simply survival. There's no genetic testing. There's no behavioral analysis. It's simply, if a box survived, if a hive survived, you split it so that more of those bees will be likely to survive into the next year and continue on with their adapt adaptation. So I realized that having spent a day looking for, you know, does that look like a carny? Does it look like a, um, you know, um, Saskatraz? What, what is the actual bee? And it turns out when you watch any entrance, you see all different types go in, which makes sense because there's such a variety of genetics in the drones that the queens would have mated with. So the point is we're going to split probably 23 hives maybe 20 to 23 hives. And one of the challenges is I'm going to put um, two of those splits into worry hives. We created worry, we purchased worry empty hives and none of the swarms last year went into them. So we're going to purposely do that. And, I'm, and it's kind of messy because what I have to do is take a medium frame with um, brood on it and eggs and basically uh, cut it in half quickly and then screw it into a worry, um, a worry bar so that those bees can start to live in those hives. Now that's going to be messy. I'm going to do a video. I don't know if I, it's going to be tough to show that because it's going to get pretty ugly, but I'm going to try because it's going to, I'm sure it's going to be a, uh, an eventful day. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, the others were going to split. Now, not surprisingly, perhaps to you, but to me, it was that the five-frame nukes survived. We we had the majority and an equal proportion of those survived, as did in the single uh, single box, ten-frame deeps. So the five-frame nukes, maybe it was because the winter we've talked about has not been as tough as it has been in the past. Uh, really not sure about that, but it's something we're going to be doing. So yesterday I did a, I did some videos and, and not I guess somewhat surprisingly I found another um, five frame that was being robbed and it wasn't I would say devastatingly being robbed but it sure looked like there were a lot of bees going in and getting resources so I'll know more later in the week as we go in and, and sort of take apart the four or five I think it is hives that do not have bees in them now and prepare them and clean them and make sure they're ready to take on some of the splits. 
The function of those four or five highs that didn't make it, though, because they were fine going into the winter and they ended up, you know, the queens didn't lay eggs, the queens perished or were not functional, is that it provided resources uh, for the other bees that were successful and were able to get through, but the weird spring we've had has kind of kept them back. Now, interestingly, this week, the weather's supposed to clear a little bit. I'm going to get into that one hive that we had on the Instagram where it looked like they're getting heavily robbed and destroyed, and then they came back. And I, I have a video of them again. Yesterday, they were out gathering pollen, like an incredible volume of bees. So that's going to be a video I'm going to hopefully be able to work on this week. So that's the outline. That's a bit of an update on the Darwinian black bee box technique. So this year, we're going to be splitting again and hopefully getting into the winter with you know, 35 to 40 hives, healthy hives, that will take on the winter. And and for some, it will be their third winter for those four, that strain that came from uh, BLB Honey and Dresden, this will be their third, sorry, their third winter. And we'll have to see how, you know, how that goes. And I think we're pretty close to having mutts now. It's pretty difficult to to know what's going on as far as, you know, the genetics of every hive. You know, we call a hive, for example, on my on my map here, we'll call one a Zabo or a Saskatraz or a, uh, a Carney. But in reality, I think we're talking just a mix of bees that, uh, that seem to make it. Now, the only exception may be the Carney. The, the, the Carneys that we started with and, and continue to survive are very slow in their... Um, productivity. They started slower. In fact, one hive I was sure did not make it through the winter, and sure enough, it did. It was just very slow. It's just, they're taking their time. So when I open those up, I'm going to have a look, but it seems like there may be some more pure carny influence in those three hives continuing. So this is Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing week, and we'll talk again shortly. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today.